Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. On today's show, we have Aaron Dew. He is an ex-social worker slash part-time fitness expert turned property investor. His purpose in life is to have an impact on the world and he's using property as his vehicle to do this. He is a really good friend of mine, someone I see as a mentor. Um, He currently has two residential buy-to-lets and is just completing on a nine-bed HMO. Hello, Aaron. Welcome to the Tesh Talks podcast. Hello, how are we doing? I'm very well. I'm, I'm quite tired. So so me and I just went to the gym. If anyone doesn't know, and I mean, come on, thousand <laughs> subscribers sitting right next to me. Aaron is a YouTube up and coming star. Yeah. So he can teach you things about the gym and he can also teach us things about property. So that's why I've got him on the show. Um, so Aaron, like, you know, I know you've got quite a presence on Facebook. You mm-hmm. post quite inspirational, motivational that's things often. Yeah. yeah, you know, you definitely do. Mm-hmm. So like, tell the people listening who were you before property? What what were you doing? Because you had quite an interesting career and you're older than you look. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely older than I look. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to disclose my age right now, <laughs> um, but I'm sure you can find out. So my career, it's like you said, it's, it's unorthodox. It varies. So initially came from a grammar school, um, forced into a grammar school. Um, no stereotypes there. But I went to grammar school and um, I did a degree in construction project management okay which you'd think I'd enjoy project management and construction which I don't really enjoy it to be honest but that's where I initially found my um uh, studying and then through that I did an 18 month placement working for Mont McDonald an engineering firm did some big projects there like uh, with the highways agency got experience in project management as soon as I graduated um the crash happened so obviously getting a job back in construction <laughs> yeah. was like a no go um, but prior to uni, I, I always had aspirations of uh, being a boxer. So uh, Rocky IV was my favorite film. <laughs> always wanted to, you know, do some sort of boxing. I was always into fighting. I did martial arts as a kid. Mm. Um, so I enjoyed that kind of aspect. So long story short, when I, before uni, I wasn't allowed. Um, parents were like, no, nope, study first, which has helped me. Yeah, so yeah, in hindsight, I, I agree with what they said. But then when I, when I come out after uni, I was 42 pounds heavier. Um, all I knew how to do was there was drink vodka and eat kebabs good pretty skills much. at that absolutely age. I was probably the best I could teach you on that as well so I still had a dream of becoming a boxer and obviously I was out, out of shape and everything so we foster children as well as, mm-hmm. as a sideline so my youngest sister's adopted and we've got three siblings who are really close to my heart um, mm-hmm. and throughout my uni career I started getting very close to them and Kyle at that time Kyle the young one he's, he's got autism um, and he was only working half days and my mum was studying as a health practitioner in the degree so me thinking let's do some negotiation here I told my mum if you carry on with your degree because you need another year I'll look after the kids so I'll be like Mrs Doubtfire basically for a year (laughs) but let me go to boxing so not worry about getting a job because obviously because of the crash and stuff so long story short um, I went back into boxing did that for about 18 months um, looking after the kids which really opened my eyes about how fortunate we all are even what we're doing now we're able to you know conversate get stuff on the internet and simple things that children mm. can't do um so long story short got into boxing got selected for nationals uh, wow. at novice level um then i took an injury in around i think it was around august i never recovered by the november so 
I was like, okay, I'm 20, 26, 25, 26 now. Mm. I can't have another year of not earning on money. So um, I thought, okay, my degree is construction project management. What can I do with it? Literally went on a couple of websites and I got a job in project management in London um, as a project manager. Enjoyed it. Two years, met some great people, learned some more skills, became Prince 2 qualified and everything. Um, more money than I knew what to do with. <laughs> so coming from kind of like humble background, I was just buying stupid shit in the big city yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> it was like I was just buying unbelievable I was buying cars even though I was living in London so there would be a car back home here just sitting just there sitting just so I could say I had a car a okay. and yeah I was, I was doing stupid stuff and then you get to a point where you're almost like after a few weeks a few weeks a few months uh, almost coming up to two three years I was like it's got to be more to life than you know getting pissed on a weekend and buying bottles just because you can and going shopping yeah 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 um, so long story short I was like what's what do i enjoy i enjoyed fitness so i got qualifications as a personal trainer and i enjoy helping people especially children who have come from you know bad backgrounds mm. very very bad backgrounds so i was like okay i've got another idea i want to become a social worker and i'm kind of the person that if i get an idea i'll just kind of run with it mm-hmm. i don't really procrastinate i just jump yeah sometimes it's good sometimes it's not oh, i've noticed that yeah yeah so i just kind of gung-ho <laughs> so i was like mom i'm giving up my job and at this point i was getting married as well oh, wow. so okay. um, the missus is Obviously thinking she's marrying someone with a nice salary, everything's going to be comfortable. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm a student again. And we met at uni as well. So wow. she was like, okay, um, I got a bursary for two years, studies as a social worker, became a social worker, got quickly into a job um, because of obviously my family experience. Um, and then very quickly within three months, I realized I'm not going to make the difference that I thought I was going to make. So wow. naively, okay. I was like, I'm going to change the world. And I, and I was quite naive to think that I could go into such a big, big system and kind of change the world and lives of children mm. who have basically suffered. Yeah. And that was, that was, that really like affected me because I was like, I've just wasted two years. I could have uh, money. My wife's mm. going to work and you're getting all of these feelings, especially as a man Yeah, that you're not pulling your weight. Mm. So then, um, then long story short, bringing me to where I am now, um, I had a quite a bad year last year. We had like four deaths in the family. Um, a friend died and it was kind of like, you know, when you realize like life's too short and mm. we all go through that sort of procedure of, let's live for today kind of thing. And I was at my uncle's funeral and my cousin brother was sitting there. And for me, um, and this isn't no disrespect or anything, I always thought I was the intelligent one. I went to grammar school and, you know, I've got all these student fees now. So in hindsight, I'm probably not. Whereas he kind of got married and he invested in property. Okay. And it was only then um, speaking to him, he said the last six months prior to my uncle dying was the best like years of the best time he, he had because he got to spend it with his dad. Oh, and wow. I, and it just kind of hit home that would I be able to do that if, God forbid, anything happened to my parents or my yeah, family yeah, or friends? Yeah. Could I give six months of my time out? And the, and the realisation was I couldn't. And then property, I was like, well, how did you do it through property? Then we got talking and he did it the old-fashioned way, buy to lets. And I think back then you can get like 125% mortgages. <laughs> it, was, yeah, it seemed a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seemed easier. So he did it and then that literally got me thinking I was doing webinars then and progressive came up and then I thought I actually rang my mom and I was like mom there's a webinar I think it was about eight o'clock so she's in her house watching this webinar I'm watching it and at the end of it we're like should we go to Masopi multiple streams yeah, of yeah, property yeah. income and then we're like brilliant let's get two more tickets so I thought let's take my dad and let's take my wife who are probably not like me and my mom because mm-hmm. we're kind of we see an idea and we just jump yeah they're a bit more like pragmatic they'll think about it um weigh it up basically so you need a bit of both yeah long story short went into that 16 months later i am where i am today wow learned a lot ups and downs yeah no definitely but that brings me to where i am now 
And then, so I guess there's two things I, I pull from that is one, you spent a long time in education, you know, hoping you could change the world. Mm-hmm. You had a big cost, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what mm-hmm. a lot of people have in, in any business from the smallest to the biggest businesses of the world is the sunken cost fallacy, which is where you're like, oh, Absolutely. I spent two years, all this money on it. Let's make it work. Let's force something. Let's be unhappy. Let's get out a crap product. But actually what you seem to have done is, yeah, you had that, which is normal, but you said, I'm still young. I've still got time left to live. Let me forget the cost. It's a cost. It's done. Cost of living and carry on and do something important, which I think is a lesson that anyone in property or any business mm-hmm. can can take from you in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And obviously you discovered property through someone doing it and just mentioning it, which I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do, right? It's just that mention. You think, oh, let me look into it, right? And it's a real person. It's family. It's, it's somebody, someone you can trust, It's right? not somebody on the telly trying to sell something. Mm. Um, and just going back to your point, some cost fallacy, that's, that literally was it. I was like... I don't want to be that guy who goes to a pub on a Friday and Saturday and talks about how shit their life is and the job. So I'm like, yeah, I still felt old. I was like, oh, I'm 29, 30. I was like, is, I'm giving my age, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I still felt that. But then I was like, no, I'm not going to, would I rather suffer for the next 40, 50 years or, or just do something else? And yeah, I was getting people saying, oh, you're changing your career again. You're doing this again. But I had a bigger purpose and I still have yeah, a bigger yeah, purpose yeah. in order to do what I want to do. And I just seen at that point, property, for me at that point, looking at it was like, okay, if I just work hard, it doesn't require any other sort of skills. Yes, education, but it's not like I have to be six foot tall to dunk a basketball, <laughs> yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought through hard work and the right education, getting the right people around me, maybe I can do it. Okay. And then, so you went to Masopi at Progressive, mm-hmm. you went to the masterclass? Yeah, so Masopi um, did their job. They mm-hmm. sold me <laughs> the masterclass and VIP. Um, okay, so, so you I brought had the full education, right? Yeah, I was, I was. That's it. I was going to be financially free when after twelve months, they sold everything, and I thought, fantastic, I'm jumping on board. My parents were like, yeah, fantastic. My dad was lo- loving it. I was like, going to have X amount of properties, so I thought, why not? And I literally remember at that time, I think I had about twelve thousand pound in my account. Okay. Now this is a joint account because I've got a wife as well. Okay, so, so you spent that. Yeah, so I was like, should we do it? And obviously, you know. I wouldn't be where I am without my wife today yeah. because she was she believed in me Absolutely. enough to think okay she's very sensible so to her 12 grand is kind of like a, a safety bu- buffer mm. and when I was like okay I need to spend about 10,000 pounds of that on this course and see where we go she wow. was straight away yeah fantastic I believe in you okay, so wow. we, we went to the back and we signed up and yeah the rest is kind of history and then so tell me about your first property deal because I believe it was before you had this education, it, right? It was, yeah. So going back to when I was a project manager at um, Atos, um, I was spending more money than I knew what to do with basically. And it got to the point where my mum was like, you're wasting money, let's put it into property. I knew nothing about property. I just thought at that point, if the tenant covers the mortgage, it's it's a fantastic deal. Yeah. So I was like, all right, then how much do you need just for a certain amount? And we bought a property for a hundred and, it was about 115,000. Okay. Now it was on the market for one, two, five. Okay, nice. Um, and knowing what I know now, it was from a motivated seller. So she had had a divorce. The husband had left her, moved in with another partner. And long story short is we got on with her for ages. If anything, yeah. I mean, mom, if you meet her, she, she's a very caring person. So we were just sitting with her, empathizing with her and everything. Yeah. And then, she just said, like, I want to sell you the house. Like, wow, okay. give me enough. And, like, I would be like, one, two, four, that. <laughs> you don't know, one, two, four and a half or something. Oh. I'd, and I think that's cheeky. Yeah, At that yeah, point, yeah. my mum just went straight in, 115. It's all we've got. 
Okay. She accepted it. Now knowing what I know now, I'm thinking it should have gone even lower. (laughs) But (laughs) you don't know what you don't know. know, It's true. And it was it was local. And I'm gonna be completely honest. I did nothing other than come and sign the papers with the broker and sister. Hmm. My mum handled everything. Okay. Um, I was just working in London, enjoying my life, thinking, okay, there's a bit of money there. I've got a property. That was it. And I, I never really thought nothing of it. Then when I got married, we had to sell that in order to move into this house. Mm-hmm. And we became motivated sellers. Again, not knowing what I don't know. Yeah. I sold it for 115. And at that point, it was, they were going for about 140, 135. Oh. So I could have made like 20, 30,000. But because I was kind of like, oh, I'm not going to get into property anyway. I want to become yeah, a social worker. Of course. I just sold it. Um, now I'm kicking myself because obviously <laughs> there was quite a bit of equity there, but you don't know what you don't know, basically. No, that's true. And, and so let's fast forward to where we are now. Mm-hmm. The term financially free yeah. is thrown about all the time. And it's different for everyone, right? Absolutely. Some yeah. people, it's a grand a month. Some people, it's 10. Some people, it's 5. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what the average wage in the UK or London is like 27k a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's take that as financial freedom. How close would you say you are to being financially free in your own opinion? Okay. So I'd say... I've got a deal at the minute, which is going to take 12 months, mm-hmm. um, going through planning and then uh, refurbing and refinance. Upon completing that, I would have exceeded that. Okay. Um, and how long is how long is that 12 months from when you first sort of started getting into property properly? So you're looking at probably 26 months. Because 16 okay. months after, where I am in this position, I'm completing on another property. Mm. That will give me a salary, I don't know, say 24, 25. Okay. Um, but then the next one will really... Just start adding to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm technically after the next month or so, once legals and everything go through, financially free on, on a base salary of what would have got as a social worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I managed to replace my social work salary in 16 months. And that, and do you think you could have done it any quicker? Yeah, absolutely. If you knew, yeah. if you knew you now, yeah, to help yeah. You oh yeah, you I, I, I think I could, I think I could do it in like six months now, knowing mm. what I know now. So I'll be um, doing it in six months, everyone, because I know. Of I course, so. of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the aim. I'm accountable it? now. That's the aim. That's the aim. <laughs> so. In terms of your journey to get there, mm-hmm. I think what a lot of what we see in the media and Facebook is, is the positivity. But mm-hmm. actually, nowadays, there is a lot more of that vulnerability and the realness coming through. Now, if people who know you will know about your project in Stoke. Which, <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we, you know, not meant to mention. Uh, yeah. But I, I want you to tell everyone, really kind of briefly, like, mm-hmm. about this project and what went wrong. Because it's good for people to know that Yes, property can be forgiving. If you get a house in a good area, it will rent, it will potentially sell. But what went wrong? What did you kind of learn from that? Um, just to show people the real yeah, side course. and the negativity that can happen so in you, property. So what went wrong in the property? And you want me to say it briefly. That's going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try. I'll try. Um, so, yeah, I brought a property at auction. Um, prior to that, I had viewed probably over 100 properties. And I'd kind of done like my facts and figures working backwards in terms of what I think is going to sell. So you viewed a hundred properties? Yeah, over hundred. Before you bought one? Before I bought one. Because okay. I put loads of offers in and they're all getting rejected. But I'd literally, and I watched every episode that I could think of of Homes End of the Hammer. And if, if you're aspiring to flip properties, it's probably not the best show to watch yeah, yeah, maybe not. in hindsight. So long story short, I brought it thinking it's going to achieve this. And I brought it away from home, Stoke. So it's about an hour away. What I quickly realised was it was probably the second worst house around that area. Um, second worst street, sorry, within that area. Um, and then another mistake, I'll, I'll just run through them because I can literally reel these off. I trusted a builder straight away through a handshake. I ended up paying them like 
almost most of the refill money initially. And knowing what I know now, if, if you're a reputable builder, you should have at least some sort of money in your bank account, at least to supply like basic materials and little things. And I think that's all me coming a mile off. Um, so I got ripped off by the builder. They ran away with seven and a half thousand something. I never sort of put their name out there, but if anyone's working in Stoke, feel free to obviously contact me because I don't want you to get burnt by the same person. Mm -hmm. um, and then just little stuff like, I was project managing off this, thinking, <laughs> thinking I was back at working at us where okay. people are, they've got a salary, they're working yeah. to targets. This person doesn't care about me. So long story short, I'm asking for updates and he's like, everything's fine, fantastic. I'm like, brilliant, this builder is awesome. <laughs> Very naive to it, thinking let's go find the next deal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So long story short, that actually took me over a year to sell wow. and the work should take about four weeks knowing what I know now. Um, I had ceilings um, fall down on me. I bought the wrong insurance initially. So for an extra seven pound, I would have been covered for water leakage. And you know what? During the winter, um, one of the pipes burst and ceiling fell down. So oh God. knowing the kitchen is probably the most expensive part. Yeah. Lost money on that. Um, I wasn't I wasn't really viewing it as many times as I should have. Like mm -hmm. in the weeks, I was kind of just leaving it and waiting, almost being reactive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I made so many mistakes, but the beauty of it is it taught me a lot because mm. I could have easily come out of that and think this game isn't for me. Yeah. And it, I had sleepless nights. It was making me ill. I was stressed, but I met a lot of good people from there as well. So the plumber came out because he, he actually felt sorry for me because he was like, <laughs> I see you as a, as a nice person, but he's like, you're just too trusting. Like, mm. cause even with him, he'd, he'd, he'd say something. I said, yeah, yeah, I trust you. And he's like, why do you trust me? You don't even know me. And I'd be like, look, <laughs> I love that. I'm a, why man, do you yeah, trust me? I'm a man of my word and I just expect people to be the same. Mm. So long story short, he did some work for me afterwards as a favor. I had another favor called him through a friend. We got there in the end. Um, but from potentially making 20, I think it was 22,000 or something, which if I had known what I know now would have achieved, we end up breaking even on it. And wow. that's through like refurb, holding costs, which people don't take. So council yeah. tax, the council didn't care that it was, you know, nobody was living there. Insurance, um, refurbing it twice. And just obviously that's not even taking into account my time as well. But wow. I'm grateful for it because my next project, I made all that back within like three months. Wow. So, so there's, there's a huge lesson there. And actually I, I did a video on it. I remember when we first sort of yeah. spoke. So it's on my YouTube channel. Check it out. Mm -hmm. I think... What I'm getting from that is you have to do your due diligence first. Absolutely. You have to check comparables properly. If your buildings are Victorian terrace, don't compare it to a new build detached. Absolutely. And Google doesn't tell you that all the time. And, and it does not, right? So Street View using you know, using all the tools that are free to us, right? Mm -hmm. Secondly is being diligent on the on the during the process. So not trusting your builder, asking for pictures, asking for videos, visiting. Stoke is not far from here at all. Yeah. You know, um, and not trusting people to an extent. Until you can trust them. Until you know they're Or have the a contract and... in place and, you oh, know, always. outline everything. And yeah. I didn't even do that. I just literally handshake. I trust you. Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy and it, that's what it is. But it's one of those things that you've learned from. Right? So you've taken these 10, 15, 20 lessons and now onto your next deal. Yeah. You know, like you said, you're not going to mess up, right? Yeah, yeah. And I hope that's a lesson for everyone in terms of property can go wrong. He didn't <laughs> lose money, but he lost, you know, he lost opportunity costs. Uh, yeah, a lot, I lost stress. Lots of night's sleep. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you almost think, especially when you go into it, gung-ho, and you, you've got, you know, your wife who's going to work every day and you're thinking, I need to make a living. Yeah, here. of and course, it's that pressure You're like, well. don't worry, I'm going to make 22,000 in six months and I'm going to move on to another one. And mm. you're promising the world and then even your family as well. You're like, when I do X, Y, and Z, I'll look after you guys. And then all of a sudden you're like, actually, guys, I can't even look after myself <laughs> at, the, at, at that point in yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, um, nice so yeah. So yeah, it's massive. pressure, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm grateful for it. Like, mm. I would, if I had to go back, 
I kind of want that property because if, if for instance, that builder was fantastic mm. and they did everything well, I would think this is so easy. And what I'd do is I'd probably get hundred, two hundred thousand pound house and do the same thing and getting ripped off on a two hundred thousand pound house as opposed to a 40, 44,000 pound house in Stoke, it's going to hurt you in yeah. different ways. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. That's, that's interesting. Good. And then, so tell me about like the latest deal you've worked on or are completing on mm-hmm. in terms of like the figures, the location, and if you did a refurb or if you just kind of bought a ready-made good okay. to go. What, yeah, so um, the one that's going through legals now is just a ready-made HMO. Um, it's through a friend of mine who I met through property as well. He's an architect. Um, basically, I had a bit of money in the bank. Wasn't finding deals that I could use it on. So as I say to all my investors and friends and family is money in the bank is not it's not serving you well. So long story short, I took half of what I had in the bank and I've just dumped it in, in a sort of like a buy-to-let HMO. It's a ready-made HMO. Um, I've put about 40,000 in there. That's with legals, everything. That's all in. Like okay. all in. It's, it's a little bit less. It's about 39,000 something. All in. Um, the ROI is three and a half years. So it net about a thousand pound a month. Okay. That's after all bills. Um, there, there's four tenants in there currently. They've been there for like two to three years, all on six months ASTs. But basically, with the lady who I'm buying it off, we're doing a little handover as well because I've never done HMOs. It was never part of my strategy, but for me, it was kind of like a bit of a no-brainer. Hmm. And she's moving on to do service accommodation in Wales, so I had to understand why she was selling it as well and yeah. not make the same mistakes. I'm just buying another shithole basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen the property; it's fantastic. Tenants are nice, not too far. Telford, around oh, the corner as well. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it's a little bit of experience. And then moving on from that, we actually bought a nine bed with some business partners. So it's kind of like, it's a good learning experience because I would have some experience on a four bed. And obviously then coming to the nine bed in 12 months time when it, when everything goes through. And that nine bed is with Sonny Marl who's on my podcast. That's, as well, isn't that's it? right. Yeah. Good cool. friend of mine. Yeah. Okay. Well, brother. He'll kill me <laughs> if I don't say that. He is. Yeah. And so like how, by the sounds of things, you're financing most of these deals with your own cash. Mm-hmm. So what, because you're going to progressive, you'll learn about other people's money course, and no money down. What are your views on you know getting investors? Are you are you actively sourcing? Because I know I saw some of your Facebook statuses. Have you got investors? Where are you at in that sort of financial arena? Yeah. So I'd say the last six months. Um. So so after my stock project, I was kind of like, I'm so glad I never used investor money because I'd made so many mistakes. Um. Then my project afterwards, where I made all that money back and some, and I've got an asset now around the corner, um, literally where we came from by the oh, gym okay. um, I made it back and I was I was confident then I sourced a few properties and stuff and I was like actually I know the game now and I've never asked for money you, you know to investors or anything even my post is never a sort of hey let's work together it's just basically if I can help you in any way I now have a list of investors and friends and family have come to the forefront and I'd say in the last two weeks probably 70,000 we've used on projects now and we're offering them 8% on the returns I've got over what period of time um, generally 12 months but we aim for nine, nine, nine months okay. generally, but we always like a contingency because obviously, especially with friends and family as well. Mm. But then I've got a list of investors and I'll probably say about half a mil has been spoken about. Wow. Whether that obviously comes to the forefront yeah. is a different story. But there's investors there now who are believing in the success that we, we, we've done. And I think because I've been there and I've made the mistakes and I've learned from it, I hopefully come across as a bit more credible yeah, yeah, and yeah, they can understand course. that I've learned the, I've basically learned the hard way. Yeah. And now it's kind of, my, I'm at a stage where I used to have a mindset problem thinking who would just give money. You know, when you first got to Masapi and you're hearing people saying, use other people's money. I'm like, nobody's going to give you money. But then what happens is when you start to understand money and people, some people just enjoy their life and they have money in the bank doing nothing for them. If we can give them a return on that, 
they're fantastic. And one of my good friends who's who's actually given us X amount of money. And when I when I when I posed a question to him, he said, "When do I transfer?" And I was like, "You haven't ever seen the house yet." And he's like, <laughs> "Well, I'd put it on a horse for you." And it, and it was nice wow. to have the, have that sort of relationship because I've That's got trust. a lot of absolutely I've got a lot of friends who would come out for that. And I remember 12 months ago when I first went into it, they were always sort of saying, let's jump on a deal. But for me, it was, let me just work it myself first. I had a bit of money. Yeah. I said, let me play around with it, understand it. Because if I ever lose, say, for instance, your money, it's going to hurt a lot more than my own. Yeah. And I know some people say they won't look after somebody else's money as much, but I'm a bit different. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't be able to sleep. If I was someone tenor yeah. or somebody's bought me a drink, the next day I feel like I have to get them and yeah, reciprocate yeah, yeah. that. No, I'm the same. And, so. and how important do you think social media is in... Not asking for money, but mm. attracting massive, money. Massive. I think if it wasn't for my Facebook posts, um, LinkedIn's helped me as well. It's attracted me to some very high net worth individuals yep, as well. Yep. Um, and I think it's just about being yourself. Don't try and mimic or be somebody else because you can quickly tell if a post isn't that person, for example. You can pretty much, I like, I do certain things in my posts like capital words and just certain things that distinguish me from, and yep. I do it in a very conversation conversational manner mm-hmm. um similar to how i do my fitness posts it's just yeah. basically who i am um and i think just be yourself um it's a people game if people like you they'll work with you at the same time i'm you know i'm nowhere near where i want to be i still see myself here so for me i'm looking always to work with people as well if i can bring something to the table whether it's my own money whether it's my investors money a friend a family i'm always happy to work with other people as well okay. um well so, are you and me are working together potentially on, absolutely on a, yeah on we're, we're looking at videos absolutely yeah and and that came about from just when did we meet each other in, in May, right? It was at Masterclass. It was yeah, Masterclass yeah. in May, yeah. and we're already offering deals together. And that's just of a course. trust, isn't it? And absolutely, the friendship absolutely. forms from. We've all got being human. We've all got like um, I wouldn't say similar goals, but we've all got goals that are kind of the same in terms of we all want property to yes. allow us to do certain things, choice yeah. and freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And the quickest way to do that is working it's together. together. Absolutely, hundred percent. I think coming from a recruitment background and, and a trading background, everyone is very. You know, quite cutthroat in the sense that mm-hmm. I'm not telling you where I get things from. I'm not helping yeah. building this. And I come into Scarcity. property. Really? Yeah. And I come into property and like people just lay out their business plans, the exact addresses of where they work, their goal mine areas. And I just think, what? Yeah. Like this is... And, it's, and actually it's changed me as a person. It's mm. made me a way nicer and more open person because yeah. as a recruiter, I was like, yeah, no, yeah, mm. uh, I use LinkedIn, cool. I wouldn't share my resources, right. but now yeah. I'm like... Abundance. Take that, everything. That's the way it should be. And yeah. you know, I've, I've actually learned that from you because I remember yeah. at Masterclass, you were like, look... You're going to hear things and think, oh, you know, how on earth is that even going to work? How can I get people's money? Like, it's unbelievable. And you're like, Tej, listen. And you didn't really know me. We just spoke on no, Facebook. No, no, no. I, yeah, but you said to me, Tej, look, leave your, like, scepticism and your, like, you know, your realism at home. Just listen. Take it all in. Sink in the atmosphere and, and go with it. Absolutely. And honestly, that has changed me as a person. Fantastic. And I honestly, you know that. So thank you because, yeah. oh, wow. That's I, you know, no, honestly, because yeah. I took that and I just thought, all right, let me, let me listen to what they're saying. I took it all on board, went home, did my research, clarified things, made things more sort of realistic to what I understand. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow. Brilliant. And then I became a nicer person, mate. So thank you. <laughs> made you a nicer person. It's brilliant. not easy to make Londoners nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what you've just done there is that's something that took me probably eight months to do. Mm. Um, not the nicer person. I've always been a nice yeah, no, person okay. like yourself. <laughs> but the fact that I was, I was sceptical and I had mm. the wrong mindset um not that i was ever holding back i would always give but i had the wrong mindset in terms of people won't give me money yeah and when i stopped thinking about the money and thinking about actually how can i help someone exactly. and it all comes down to solving someone's pain so if somebody's yeah. got money in there and they're seeing you know i don't know whether they're in the stocks or crypto or whatever they're doing and it's mm. not moving for them but then you're like hold on a minute 
I can give you, say for instance, 40 grand. I can give you 8% on that. Rolled up over 12 months. That's technically giving them an extra 266 pound a month. Mm. Now that's paying for your sky, your phone bill, and potentially your electric. From doing nothing. Exactly. And you're getting your money back as well. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I look at it in just terms of like helping as many people. Mm. Um, And I, I don't, I don't look for money, but I don't, I don't fret over it now. So yeah, when yeah, we yeah. put an offers down, when I speak with Sonny and we're putting offers down on stuff that's like a million pound, I'm not worried about it because if the deal stacks, the money will follow. And I, yeah. I, and I truly believe that. And, and that's really important what you just said. I think for me, that mindset shift came quite quickly because mm. I had people like you and like Josh Asquith and other people that are going to be mm. on the podcast who are getting this money or yeah. who are experiencing it. And I said, hold on, there's so many people in the world there's so many people with money that I just, you know, their money's just sitting there. They're, they're twiddling their thumbs thinking, you know, 1.5% from the bank, 2.5% inflation, uh, I'm getting poorer by the year. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Mm, yeah. What do I do? And they have no clue, right? It, it's about helping people with any business. Yeah. All the biggest businesses and the popular ones and the ones that you would name off the top of your head solve meaningful problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, our problem is helping people make money, but you know, a lack of money is one of the biggest problems in the world for a lot of people. Um, so, no, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm glad you said that. It is a mind shift. And even now when I'm offering on properties, I don't know if I have the money for some of them. Yeah. I have proof of funds, but I don't know if I have the rest. But I think... I've offered without having it. the money and then I found it on the weekend. So, but that's you thing, will think right? creatively. If you put yeah. your back against the wall, you will literally <laughs> think, shit, now I need to get to work. And yes. you will. Otherwise, there's, there's an element of being comfort, comfortable. Yeah, because you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably the worst place to be. Oh, always always I it's think, like purgatory yeah, in the middle of that, of that comfort yeah, yeah. and so you've kind of done buy to let HMOs mm-hmm. some people might call it vanilla some yeah. people might say it's their core strategy yeah what are you doing next because I know you and me and Sunny viewed this for me it was really complex yeah. really interesting commercial it was a commercial yeah, unit, yeah, right? yeah. with the residential that was it had a lot potential, of potential, potential yeah, yeah, yeah it had a lot of potential maybe not in terms of converting it because of what uh, Sunny's yeah. planner said but like what what sort of things are you looking to move into now just bigger and better i feel like my journey has literally gone step by step kind of like what they teach at progressive um probably i haven't planned it that way but it's just the way it's materialized i've done the single lets the flips got a small hmo now i got a bigger hmo now i want to look at the more exciting stuff i want to see if i can remember any of my uni stuff <laughs> construct something so yeah. i'll be looking at i'm looking at sort of land and i just spoke to you earlier as well about there's literally half a mile from here there's there's derelict pubs and things like that to convert them into flats because mm. the way i see it is the amount of time and effort you put into one house and refurbing it if you just get something bigger for the same stress a couple of extra zeros <laughs> it's going to benefit everyone in the long run <laughs> your profit will be a couple absolutely absolutely well, right? and then through that i can help more people help mm-hmm. people that are on board as well yeah. and build a team so that that's kind of where i'm looking at now just bigger and better things really and i think with bigger and better things you're putting this you know a similar amount of effort in but you're, you're building more housing absolutely, for the UK, absolutely. which apparently needs, you know, hundreds of thousands of houses extra every year. Absolutely. And if you're taking a pub, you're taking like a community thing and reusing it, but still yeah, keeping yeah, it yeah, yeah. as a community. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting. And in terms of your area, let's say you, you invest sort of all over, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say the Midlands is maybe your mm-hmm. sort of bread and butter. What, and this is a really broad question. Okay. So you can answer it however you like. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the market here? So... Where I live, literally, you can go that way, half a mile that way, halfway that mile that way, or even backwards, and they're very different places. So, um, you you know, you've got probably family homes more here, mm-hmm. people that own their own homes towards, like, so, say, Warsaw area. Okay. If you go towards Wolverhampton, you have 
in some areas, yeah, the same, but then you've got a very high rental. Okay. Um, Dudley's kind of similar as well. So I kind of know like the yields that you can expect from them, the prices of the average yeah. houses, Wensbury. I'm familiar with it. I've lived here my whole life. Um, but rent, you rent a house all day long. Mm. Like that's not a problem. I'm finding flips are very difficult. I think the competition within Birmingham, Wolverhampton is very, very high. So you probably need to look up in other places. Uh, again, with land as well, I find that it's quite competitive, very competitive. There's a lot of developers mm. on the ground always looking. But um, houses are houses. You're, providing you don't buy too many stoke houses, you're always <laughs> going to be better off, basically. Stoke is still a good it. area to invest yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> I've got nothing against stoke, but I won't be ever going there again. No, that's, well, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's, that's just me. <laughs> and so what I hear from pretty much every Birmingham investor I speak to, mm-hmm. every agent I speak to, and every property I see that seems to go on right move and then be off a few days later, is that there's a lot of money coming to Birmingham because of HS2, because of the big city regeneration yeah, yeah. plan. They're putting millions or billions into redoing Birmingham. It's gonna be amazing. I mean, I love Birmingham as is. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of money. Let's call it London money coming yeah. in. Uh, I haven't got London money. Everyone listening, just, <laughs> just FYI, I've got Birmingham already, money. You already I will. Yeah. Um, they're coming in and they're just seeing properties at. You know, they're, they're not in good condition. They're, you know, perfect for what we want, BRR model. And they're offering above market because they can and because they turn around and say, that's how much a parking spot costs in London. Absolutely. It's cheap. And then you and me are like, but that's not how much is worth. And we get driven out. So, like, how... Apparently, this has been happening for a year yeah, or so. Yeah, it has. How long do you think it will last? Or do you think it's going to carry on till HS2 and beyond? I couldn't give you an answer, to be honest, on that. I yeah, think... I I think there'll be a correction in the market mm. and I think maybe that might change certain things but I think yeah. for a Londoner even if they're overpaying slightly more than what we'd probably mm. pay here they're still better off than investing probably in London. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but it, again, it depends on strategies because um, one of my friends, he's buying a property in London and um, we went through the figures and everything and I just said, why are you buying it? Like, mm. Try and understand the reason before uh, why you're actually doing it. And he says, it's just basically retirement. So I said, you're probably better putting money into a London property for capital growth because the way I see, and this is just my opinion, you're going to probably make more money on capital growth as opposed to, you know, your two, three hundred pound cash flow over time. Yeah. And I was like, if you don't depend on that cash flow right now, go ahead. Because I could have found him similar properties here, mm. but I said, you might not get that capital appreciation. Yeah, so I yeah, think yeah. It, it, it just depends really. But yeah, there, there are a lot of Londoners coming here who are inflating the prices mm. and when I'm putting offers down, the agents are laughing because obviously they're getting higher prices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But I'm not going to pay what I don't think it's worth. Yeah, yeah, If yeah. that makes sense. No, that's, that's interesting. I spoke to an agent. I won't say who they were, but they said, you know, we, we don't like this sort of, these Londoners coming in and paying overpriced. They're like, yeah, we make more money off it. But actually, we try and sell them to first-time buyers because yeah, yeah, yeah. we want people to actually live here. Of course. Um, and it's an interesting one because I think... <laughs> As investors, we potentially are also selling to first-time buyers. And mm-hmm. if we're buying an absolute wreck, we'll get it done cheaper and better quality than your average person who's not an investor yeah, yeah, yeah. and sell it to them for the right price. Yeah. Um, and I think London is an interesting one because a lot of people say there's no money to be made there. It's too expensive. Yeah, on buy-to-let, it is, you know, in terms of yields. But there's rent-to-rent, rent-to-rent HMO. There's rent-to-SA. There's, there's management. There is title splitting of, of things, you know. Which is something I'm looking into as well, yeah. And 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 I think it depends also on your investors because if you got if you've got investors who have hundreds of thousands of pounds, cool, come to the Midlands and North. But if you meet someone who's got millions or tens of millions, which people do, yeah, absolutely, then just invest in London because it it's all about what your funds are. Absolutely. Um, but London has so much potential, and I've only just realised that. Um, I think we briefly touched on it yesterday as well. Yeah, and there, so that's there, there's always a way. It might not be if you're just 
solely focused on one particular strategy, yes, it might not work in your area mm. and you might need to look somewhere else. But there's definitely a strategy that will work in basically any area. I believe that. And and your deals, it sounds like a lot of them come from your networking or just being yeah. just being human, basically, by being yeah. friends with people. Like, Would you say that most come from that or come from agents or where's your... Because no, deal from, sourcing from is quite... People. Just from people to who just like, oh, you're, you're into property. And yeah. since I've been telling people what I do, it's literally like, oh, Aaron's a property guy. And that's what I, that yeah. was always my aim. But initially when I started, I had the wrong mindset that I was thinking in five years time, I want to be the property guy as opposed to acting like the property guy now. Yes. Um, and that's something I'd certainly recommend to people. If they're serious about this game, when you first go into it, tell, tell people, everyone. Just yeah, tell yeah. everyone. Tell, tell everyone, everyone you're, you're, you're a property you, you probably still know more than the average person, especially if you've yeah. gone to like a course or even like Masapi free training, you tend to learn a lot more than just the average person. So believe in yourself, sell yourself, obviously don't lie. Uh, yeah. And if you know the places that you can look for the information, so if somebody asks you a question, you can quickly find it out. That will hold you in good stead. So yeah. since I've been doing that, it's just literally just through rela- relationships, basically. People are like, I'm eager to work with you. Here's a deal. And I'm like, okay, fantastic. And then what I would yeah. always try and do is reciprocate that in some way. Yes. That's something that... I, that's just my own thing that I I feel like I owe something back. I completely back. agree. Yeah. I think you always have to help people. And, and an example of your knowledge thing. So my friend wants to set up, a, I think I might have told you about it, set up a, um, a company where he buys land and he builds sort of housing on it that's made from, I think he said mud. I don't yeah. think he's sure what okay. he's doing <laughs> yet. But, you know, made out of materials that are non-standard right. construction that are better than bricks and mortar for cost, for efficiency, for all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's going to be great. And I said, oh, cool. So your, so your target market is like first-time buyers, right? Mm-hmm. Or just homeowners or maybe investors. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I think you need to stop because mortgage lenders won't lend on non-standard construction, especially if you're making out of this yeah. funky stuff. And he was like, what? Yeah. I was like, you need to stop the Absolutely. business, speak yeah, yeah. to a survey or someone and say, and he was like, whoa, thank you so much. How did you know that? And I said, Everyone in my network has told yeah, me yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's super important. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron, we... I've come to the last part of the show, sadly. Okay. We are going to do a quick fire round, a three by three, right? Okay. A nine tip round. So, the right. first one I want to ask you is, what are your top three tips for newbies, new people in property investment? Okay. Um, judging by my experience, I'd say, firstly, speak to an accountant and a broker. Um, just to understand your situation so i've purchased houses my wife's purchased houses and we've probably done it the wrong way so mm-hmm. for instance we put one on her name where it could have been beneficial to have it in my name ah, okay. buckets. at the same time i brought one and sold one if she was on it capital gains allowance so there's little things that i'd certainly recommend whereas like i said before i just kind of jumped straight in mm-hmm. and just like oh, i'll figure it out later Maybe just spend like a few weeks getting to know people so they understand your yeah. circumstances okay um another thing is Try and help people. Mm-hmm. Work with as many people as you possibly can. You're going to get more deals. You're going to get more ways of basically improving your life mm-hmm. and their life. And you, you, you're going to you're going to have a better network basically. And I think in this game, you you need to surround yourself with those kind of people as well. So that's that's probably my next tip. Um, and then finally, I would say is change your mindset. So that might be coming through. Again, the network, or it could be what you read, or it could be how you push yourself on a daily basis. Whatever it is, your mindset needs to be thinking almost like that person. So if I can just quickly go to like a fitness analogy, if you want a, a six pack, for example, you can't act like a guy with, you know, a stomach out here. Yeah, yeah, six yeah. You've got to act like the guy who's got a six pack. So what would you do? You eat right, you train right, you sleep right. You do all the things before you get there. 
So you've not necessarily got the six pack from day one, but if you start acting like that person, you will achieve it. So that's kind of probably the hardest bit for me yeah. because you do have days where you feel like absolute crap. But if you can literally just try and think of the person that you want to become and the things that you want to do in order to help people and stuff and live by that, I think that will certainly help. Fantastic. And then um, you mentioned reading. Yeah. So what are the top three books or audio books okay. that have you know assisted your property journey? And development okay so i think um the chimp paradox was a brilliant audiobook book mm-hmm. um nothing to do with property but it's about understanding myself so i've yeah. suffered with like binge eating and certain things and it really brings into focus on the your guy habits. with a six-pack says he binge eats <laughs> yeah, then i'll start myself right <laughs> uh, that's the key um another one was the values factor um i think it's dr john d martini that was fantastic because when i was into property for the first time i was thinking I don't want to do this for the money. As you know, more stories, not. But then when you can link it to your values and the fact that we touched on earlier, being able to help people, house people, help investors, help friends and family, that was really important. And then the last one is kind of, it's a bit of a cheat, but I think anything by Grant Cardone. He's a bit of a Marmite person, but like be obsessed or be average, sell or be sold. He's kind of like, it's all about action. Mm. Um, so all this fluff aside, you've just got to work really, really hard. Yeah. Um, yes, you can leverage stuff later on in life, but I haven't got to where I got to without working like countless hours and, yeah. and it's a numbers game. I've had to learn property. I didn't know what plastering was like two years ago. Do you know what I mean? So I've had to yeah. literally learn this, the simple things and just put extra hours in as opposed to everyone else. So I'd say that's important. That's interesting. I sort of jump in there, but I just think Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone yeah. as you say, is... <laughs> Like, yeah, he's hustled hard and, and kudos to him. He's incredible. What he's doing is amazing. I just find him so American. Like, what he's about action. Is he, yeah. I think if I ever need to kick up the, the backside, I will put him on just to be like, do it, man. Believe in yourself. Yeah, like yeah, Gary yeah, Vee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't take any useful content from them whatsoever. Mm. I've learned one thing from Gary Vee. The rest is just this Americanism of just do it, man. Believe in yourself. Stop making excuses, which is cool. Yeah. But I just like the meat and the content. So for me, I, I passionately don't right. take much from them. But but again, it's it's a it's different. A, yeah, absolutely. For me, when I I just took the fact that he just worked really hard, and I was able to yeah. relate that to myself, and I was thinking, okay, if I just work really hard and do the stuff like he says, he used to drive past loads of viewings, loads of houses, constantly putting up the little things that he talked about briefly in his mm. um, books. I was doing myself, and then slowly okay, so I could kind of that. relate to it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, everyone's got their own sort of style. Yeah, but for me, he definitely gave me a kick up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> he has definitely done yeah. that in the past as well so and finally I know you listen to podcasts a lot podcasts. firstly what's your, what's your favourite podcast other than yours <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool My, we clarified mine's number one but if yeah. you had to pick top three excluding TED Talks okay what, what would it be I'd say the MF CEO mm-hmm. and I can't say what that stands for yes. but I'm sure you know what we it can is assume. that's by Andy Frisella I think he's an amazing entrepreneur again he, he speaks about the truth so mm. he's not selling stuff on how to be successful. He actually is successful. He's very aggressively selling. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very so, aggressive. Yeah, but I just love his stuff and the way he comes through it. And I can always resonate with anything that he mm. says because he, he he speaks the truth. Not every day is good. People might see my post and think, oh, this guy's living a fantastic... It's not always like that. So that that's number one um, at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Eric Thomas. I've always loved Eric, Eric Thomas. I've been to see him and I just love what he stands for. Not so much from um, just the... A motivational standpoint even the way he is with his wife and his family and that's very important to me as well so how how you treat your wife and everything is just as important as with your family um and then the other one that's probably given me the most value is impact theory um tom milieu i just think his interviews are fantastic i think he's one of the best interviewers 
he's had some great guests like David Goggins on there, um, Lewis House, all like top top people in their in their fields, and he interviews them and he he extracts like points that not a normal interview would probably do, mm. um, and at the same time he's massively successful. He's come from being very lazy, which he admits. He's co-owns Quest um, Nutrition, so he's like billion dollar company. Um, and he's, he's just fantastic. So they're probably the ones that I listen to the most, but I've got like 30. And obviously yourself as well. Of course. Which I wow. listened to. It was actually the last podcast I listened to yesterday. So Good. I hope you subscribed yeah. and downloaded Absolutely. and liked and, and all the things you want to do. <laughs> Amazing. So Larry, this has been, it's been really interesting. I think we, we've spoken a lot about mindset and belief mm-hmm. and the kind of, I guess, the emotional side of property investment as opposed to the pure figures, mm-hmm. which is always good to cover because I think you're, by the sound of your podcasts and books... You're very heavy on that side. Yeah. So, look, dude, thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. Let's hope these deals we're, we're working on pull absolutely, through. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I'd love to get you back on the show in a year or so, and maybe we can sit in your Lamborghini then and do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, I don't think I'd get a Lamborghini, but yeah, I'll we'll sit in whatever I got. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate Brilliant. it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.